0: You're listening to the New Gen Sermon Podcast. The Lord is a shepherd. Not the Lord is my shepherd. Not the Lord is the shepherd. Although those are true, but the Lord is a shepherd. We're talking about servanthood. the um, <clears throat> The kingdom of God is is unlike any kingdom that you might see on earth. And sometimes it's a little bit difficult for us to fully understand what's going on in God's kingdom because it's so different. And um, it has values uh, in, in God's kingdom, there are values that just aren't in the world. And things like forgiveness, things like faith, things like humility, things like thankfulness, and uh, one of these unique values of the kingdom of God is servanthood. It's a, it's a value in God's kingdom, servanthood. And it's linked to humility. Servanthood and humility, I suppose, you could say go hand in hand. But God's kingdom is a kingdom where servanthood is highly valued. And uh, it's actually not just a value. It's a way of life. In When we come into the kingdom of God, serving is part of the way we live, and it's part of what we will do for all eternity. Um, It's just part of the kingdom. In fact, uh, one time Jesus uh, had two disciples come to him, and uh, they asked him for a favor. And basically what they said to him is, can you give us uh, kind of like a... Uh, dibs on the uh, positions on either side of your throne. Can one of us sit on your right and one of us sit on your left? You see, this is the way the world thinks. This is how all the kingdoms of the world operate. We all want to sit on the throne. We all want positions of authority. We want positions of uh, that are kind of highly regarded in the world. And um, Jesus said to them, actually, First of all, it's not for me to say who's going to sit there, but secondly, you don't actually know what you're asking for, (laughs) and I think part of it is because of they didn't know the price required uh, that they had to pay. But but also, I don't believe I believe Jesus is saying to them, "You actually don't understand how uh, servanthood works in the kingdom of God. You think it's a kind of a hierarchical thing, and." it's like that in the world. People want to be a prince or they want to be a king, but no one wants to be a servant. Amen? The, uh, who's more honored in this world? The CEO of a business or the, or the janitor? That's how the world works. The CEO gets the large office on the 30th floor and the janitor gets a cupboard in the basement. That's the world and how the kingdoms of the world work. And so Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking for. I'll just read it for you. Mark chapter 10, and we'll just read from verse 42 to 45. So Jesus called them together and he says, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. The officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it must be different. It will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave or servant of everyone else. You want to be first in God's kingdom? You have to be everybody's servant. That's how it works. You want to be last? You be nobody's servant. Okay. (laughs) For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you want to lead in God's kingdom, you have to serve. Leading is serving. If you want to be first, you have to be everyone else's servant. Which is so different to the way that we're brought up in the world that we live in. Amen? Imagine the janitor got the 30th floor office and got paid $2 million a year salary, and the CEO got the basement and got peanuts for a salary. We would be shocked. That's the kingdom of God. That's how different it is in the kingdom of God compared to the world we live in. When I was 19 years old, uh, God saved me, thankfully. I needed it big time. And uh, I had this tremendous desire to serve God. And uh, a lot of it was me, and some of it was the Holy Spirit (laughs) stirring it up in me. And anyway, I, um, I, I just, I mean, I was young, and I wanted to get involved in the youth. And I thought, well, I'll go speak to the youth leader of the church. And I was very new in the church, a couple months I forget, maybe six months uh, in the church. And I said to the youth leader, I really feel the call of God and I feel like I need to serve and I want to get involved and I want to minister to young people and I want to preach the gospel and I want to see people saved and I want to see people healed and all this kind of thing. And uh, the youth leader said to me, no problem, you can serve in the youth. And he said, uh You can, if there's any events that need to be organized, you're going to be the guy that's going to organize them. You're going to pack up. You're going to set up. You're going to clean up. And uh, you can clean the youth venue. You can clean the toilets. If anybody gets sick, you can be the guy that cleans it up. And, uh, and he was literally being serious. That's exactly what he said to me. And he said, do you still want to serve in the youth? Do you want to get involved? And I said, yes, I do. I just had this incredible desire. And looking back on that, I, uh, I, I mean, I found it strange at the time. That's what he was saying to me. But actually, I believe God was testing me. Because in the kingdom, ministry is serving. It's not getting up here, having a platform, and being the center of attention. It's serving, serving people. You see, the question God was asking me was was I prepared to serve? Or did I just want to preach? When we came to Australia, uh, we came to serve. In fact, Jen and I, when we arrived here, we spoke to Tom and Sandra, and we said, we've come here to serve. We've come here to do whatever you need us to do. And I even said, if you need us to clean toilets, we'll do that. If that's what you need, we will do that. We came to serve. We never came to lead. We never came to run a church we never came to do anything like that. We, we felt God say, come here and serve. And so that's what we did. We moved countries to do that. And uh, I could have come with a very different attitude. I could have come and said, well, these are my skills. I could have said, well, we came from a church of, I don't know, thousands, 2,000, maybe more. And when we joined New Gen, it was about 40, 50 people. And I could have said, look, I've preached in front of large crowds, led worship teams, multiple teams, done this, that and the next thing. But we didn't, we just came and we said, look, whatever you want us to do, we will serve. And so one of the first things we did was we packed up the sound equipment of the church, put it in the church trailer, Drove it back to our house, stored it in the garage, brought it out the next Sunday, unpacked with the rest of the church. But that's what we did. We were the, uh, what do you call it? Trailer guy. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were just, the church didn't have a venue, and so we just carted the sound equipment backwards and forwards uh, every week. <laughs> Serving. God's kingdom is a kingdom of servanthood. And over the years, I mean, I've been saved many, many years now. But over the years, I've seen that some people want to preach, but they don't want to pray. They, they want a microphone, but they don't want a mop. <laughs> they want the stage, but they don't want to serve. And it's not kingdom value. That's the way the world works. I've got something to give to you. You need to listen to me. You need to hear my wisdom. You need to hear this amazing message that I've prepared for you. That's how the world works. But the kingdom of God is I'm here to serve you. You are above me, I'm below you in the kingdom of God. That's the honest truth. Ministry is serving. And serving is a part of the kingdom of God. David was a shepherd before he was a king. The Lord is still a shepherd. Just imagine standing next to the Lord on a hillside. And there he is with his shepherd's staff. And he's looking over the hill. And there's... His people, the flock of God, and you standing next to him, and he says, I love those people. And then he says, Will you take care of some of them? You know, the first thing you think of is what a privilege, not what's the pay. (laughs) There's no pay. (laughs) There's no pay. Some of the sheep are dirty, some of them will bite you, some of them will run away, some of them won't listen. There'll be wolves that come and try and take out the flock, it'll be dangerous work, and it's a job none of the world wanna do. The world will despise you, they'll look down upon you. Shepherds are nothing. Just go to any farm here and see how much they pay a shepherd. No one wants to be a shepherd. It's a lowly position, but it's a position of privilege in the kingdom because God owns the sheep and He loves them. And so it's a privilege to go, oh, God, you would entrust me to minister, to serve in some way your sheep that you love so dearly. It's an absolute privilege. To serve in the kingdom of God. And I'm not just talking about preaching. I'm talking about serving in any sense of the word. Setting the chairs out for God's people is a privilege. Cleaning the windows so the sun can shine in. It's a privilege. People come in and, oh, it looks lovely in here. Somebody watered the flowers. I didn't water these flowers. They are growing beautifully because somebody is serving. And it brings joy to people. It brings joy to the people of God. What a privilege. Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God is so different. Have a look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 5 to 8. This is talking about Jesus. And if you understand how, how things in the world work, how the kingdoms of the world work, this should absolutely shock you. Imagine a leader of a nation doing this. Verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, not he was trying to be God, he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He didn't cling to his position of power, of privilege, of worship. He didn't didn't worry about it. He didn't try and protect it. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, and he took the humble position of a slave or a servant, and he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him. Why did God exalt Jesus? He was a favorite son? No. Because he was God? No. Because he humbled himself. And the same applies to any of us. If you want to be exalted by God, you've got to Humble yourself and serve. Don't grab for the gift on the top shelf. Grab the one on the bottom that no one wants. That's how you get exalted. Jesus didn't grab for a position on the throne. He didn't try and hold on to it. Instead, he put on the garments of a servant. It's like he put on the apron. When you're going to barbecue, you put on the apron. When you're going to clean the house, you put on an apron. Maybe you don't these days. (laughs) Anyway, you get my point. (laughs) I suppose if you're doing some serious cleaning, you'll put on some cleaning clothes, gloves, and things, right? (laughs) Jesus came to serve the one who is higher than any other, the one who's the King of Kings, came to serve. And you know what? He's still serving. We've just done the series on the book of Hebrews. He's still ministering as high priest. He's still serving us. And he will do that for eternity. It's not like he's going to finish and take a break and get out his deck chair and that's it. I've done my bit. I've served my bit. I've done my time. (laughs) Now I'm finished. No, he's serving. It's a value. It's a way of life in the kingdom of God. Serving as a part of kingdom life it 's good to have an opportunity to serve, and it 's a privilege to serve. Now hold on to that thought. it's a privilege to serve. let's add another aspect to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 13, 12 and 13. It says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into the one body by one Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. Our bodies, your body, your physical body, is made up of different parts, many, many different parts. Your eyes, your ears, your fingernails, all bones and all that kind of thing. And so it is with the body of Christ. The body of Christ is made up of many different parts, just like our bodies are. We come from many different backgrounds. But all believers are baptized and immersed into the body of Christ by the Spirit of God. But here's the thing about bodies. Bodies. If you take any part of your body and remove it and put it on a table, it dies. It'll never survive on its own. You can take out your liver and put it on the table. It won't last very long. You can take off a finger. The rest of your body will carry on, but that bit of your finger will die. Every part in our bodies has to be connected into the body Not loose, not in the pocket, actually connected to live and to function and to be healthy. And it's exactly the same in the body of Christ. No believer can exist outside of the body of Christ. You won't last. If you're cut off, you won't last. You will die. Amen. A lot of love. People, huh? Is that right? I thought it was just Jesus and me. Yes, Jesus and you is important. But being in the body is also important. We're part of the body of Christ. We're not just connected to the head like a jellyfish. We're part of the body. And we need to be connected in with the body. The other thing is that we've got to be connected in the right place. You can't just take a fingernail and stick it on the side of your head and think it's going to be okay and think that it can function. There's a specific place in the body of Christ that God wants to put you in so that you can function in the way that he wants you to and be healthy. And, and God knows the gifts that he's given you and how that can outwork itself in the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter four verse sixteen. Let me just read this. I think this is the last scripture that I'm covering here. Ephesians four verses sixteen. Says this. He makes that's Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He makes it fit. Not I come here and I say, Well, this is where I fit. Jesus fits you where he wants you to fit. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And look at this. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. As we serve God in a a local body, the rest of the body benefits. As, as I put the chairs out, everybody benefits. I water the flowers, everybody benefits. I come here and I sing a few songs, everybody benefits. As we do our own special work, the whole body is built up and is encouraged. And so it's a good thing to serve in a local church. Not only is it a privilege, but it's good for you and it's good for the church as well. Amen. And the wonderful thing is that every single one of us has a part to play. If you keep reading that, it says the body can never say to a single part, we don't need you. And that single part can never say to the body, I don't need you. I can exist, me and Jesus, on my own. No, we need to be connected into a body and the body needs every single individual connected into it. We can never say, we don't need you. What are you going to do? We don't need you sitting out our chairs. We don't need that. We need preachers. We need evangelists. We need whatever, musos, whatever, chairs. Anyone can do that. No, we need every gift. Every single bit is important. Everyone can play a part. Now, I just want to end off this message by listing various activities in the life of our church where you can get involved. If you're not involved, maybe one of these things will jump out at you. I've given you the theory. Now we're going to do the practical, the practice. Amen. We're not talking about leadership positions here. We're just talking about volunteering. All right? You don't have to go to Bible college to water flowers or welcome on the door, whatever it is. Amen? And the thing is with these is that each part is, is having a role in us seeing the kingdom of God advance in our neighbourhood, seeing people reach for the gospel, ministering to one another. Every one of these different uh, ministries plays a part in it. Amen. Amen. So welcoming. Welcoming people on the door. It's an important part of church life. And if you have a smiley disposition, disposition, disp- oh, God, oh God, say it, disposition. There we go. And uh, you enjoy greeting people, you know. Speak to Syrian. Syrian's over here. Speak to Syrian and join the team. Don't think, oh, there's already a welcome team. There's already six people or whatever involved. Hey, if we have 30 people on welcoming team, praise the Lord. You know, we've got 10 fingers. You can't just say, oh, we've got one finger, that's enough. We need 10. Some some teams need a lot of people. So speak to Syrian if you want to be on the welcoming team. If you're a good baker or a good... Uh, I suppose this is all baking here. Food and beverage. Speak to Manika about being a part of this team. And even if you just have a heart for people to hang around afterwards and have fellowship and you don't have time to bake, you can always just buy something and bring it along. Or set, up. Or set it up. Yeah, exactly right. Speak to Manika if you want to get involved in that. It, it makes a big difference. You know that I've been in some churches where they don't have this kind of thing. And you know what happens at the end of the meeting? Gone. It's like, oh, five minutes. There's not a single soul left in the building. We're called to have fellowship. (laughs) Amen? And so this kind of thing facilitates fellowship. Oh, no, I'm only here for the preaching of the Word. You don't know your Bible, if that's the case. (laughs) You're missing out. It's not just about the preaching of the word or about the worship. It's also about fellowship. And speaking about that, if you want to get involved in events, social events, fun things like that, we're needing people to just say, hey, you know what? I will organize a day at the beach or a picnic or a this or a that or the next thing. Come and speak to Jen about that. If you would like to serve in the cafe downstairs, speak to Jacques. Even if you don't know how to use the machine or whatever, you can be trained. If, you, if you're keen to learn that uh, and serve in that thing, pretty much what happens down there is that normally there are three people. So there's one person on the register, one person on grinding beans and getting the shot poured, and another person on milk. So it's not like you're going to be doing everything. You're going to learn one thing at a time, and you'll get... Good at it over time. Amen. The other thing is that if you want to serve during the week in the cafe, then come and talk to Joe. Because at the moment, Joe and I are, we're during the week. And we're not paid to do that. We are full time elders, but there's a need in the church. So we're stepping in and we're saying, God, we are going to fill in and do this. But it's not our full-time job. So if you want to be a part of that, and if you have a desire to learn how to be a barista, and you're good with people, you're friendly, you engage with conversation, that type of thing, come and be trained. And come and serve for free. Amen? Serve the Lord. (laughs) Amen. We... All of these things we are doing for God. We're not doing this for money. If you want to be a preacher and lead a church and you want money, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> you're not, you need to go and do something else. <laughs> Music. If you're musical, if you can sing, if you can play an instrument, speak to Tristan. Tristan. And get involved in the music team. Don't look and go, oh, we've got musicians. We don't need any more. No. We can have teams and rotate and all that kind of thing. Come and get involved. If you feel called and you can't play an instrument, then learn an instrument and then come. Because the Bible says it's skilled musicians (laughs) ministered in the temple, not unskilled. Okay? You want to make a joyful noise, do it at home. <laughs> anyway, Kidsmen. If you, if you have a heart for seeing our kids, you know, we've discipled and taught kids over the years, giving their life to the Lord at a young age in Kidsmen. If you want to get involved with that, speak to Claudia all working with children so does, you have to get one of those okay <laughs> that's just practical things okay it's, these things are not just anybody put but chat to Claudia about do that if you, if you, if you want to get more involved in like what's, what we call the program, program speak to Jen so we give the kidsmen uh, workers a break during the holidays, and we still have something on for the kids, but talk to Jen if you want to, he's at the back there, uh, so filling in for Jordan who's sick on the projection. And that's the thing, if you want to get involved in youth, and you want to put up the words and that kind of thing, it's a vital part of our meeting. Imagine if we didn't, and there's the musos. <laughs> it's important. Sound is important. If you if you have a desire to to serve on the sound team of of music, maybe. if you're a musician, maybe you can't sing, but you like music, sound is your avenue of <laughs> choice, okay? <laughs> I, had, uh, I had Jason come to me last week, uh, two weeks ago, and just said, hey, he'd love to organize another men's meeting. We're involved in organizing that morning. I said, well, if you want to get involved you know, with that type of thing, speak to Jason, Jason and Catherine. And uh, so the meeting's not on the list. Why is that? <laughs> Why is prayer meeting not a group that you volunteer for? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> the Bible says Priest. we are all priests and part of our ministry is prayer. Belgium is finished. Melbourne is finished. Australia is finished there's no prayer that's it the mothers will all go home for the rest of the world today church stops praying we see reports of revivals happening around the world every revival together every there is not a single revival that's happened without prayer going before it it's not a group that we volunteer for there is power in agreement incredible power I mean, the yeah. prayer meeting we had last Tuesday was amazing. God was saved. Nations' lives are being changed because we're praying. And come and join us. Don't volunteer. Never called to be an intercessor. Everyone is called to be an intercessor. No such thing as I'm called. My house, Jesus said, will be called a house of Pray. Pray. prayer. Prayer. Let's close in. Thank you, Jesus Lord, we thank you that we have an opportunity uh, of you privileged us to be able to to minister to people around us who you love so dearly, the sheep to minister to and watch them and to serve them on your behalf for you, Lord. This is why we do what we do. We do hearts you that there would be something that just jumps up inside of each and every one of us to go, hey, you know what? I want to get involved in part in the advancement of the kingdom that happens in this church. Every part is important. And I've got some, be some skills and I've got some time and I want to give it to the church and I want to give it to you as an act of worship. Area. Pray, Lord, that you would speak the place in the body that I'm putting you to serve in. Just do that now, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the New Gen Sermon podcast.